Yo, Dime Magazine, here we are, man, once again. Look who we are with. This man needs no explanation. He don't need no introduction ever mentioning his name because everyone knows his name. Worldwide, real talk, man. From basketball, okay, to drawing, okay, to being an activist, to caring about people, to really just being that man that he is, a gentle giant, man. For all y'all who don't know who he is, this is y'all's friend, my family, our family, Q Randall. What's going on, man? Appreciate it, man. Thank you for uh, the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it has to happen, man. It needed to happen. Look who you are, bro. I feel too important now. Thank you. Hey, no, bro. You are very important. You are very important. You know, and um, you know, I say that because it ain't even just about our history. It's about you know the history that you continue to leave as far as your legacy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what I want to really do, bro, is like I really want to, uh, you know, just go back. You know, if that's okay with you, with you know, talking about your humble beginnings. You know, what made you want to deal with you know basketball? Now, now, obviously. We're going to get into the book. We're going to get into everything that you do. But all that had to stem from somewhere. You know, let's talk about it. Um, I think you said the basketball first, right? Well, the thing is, when I moved here from Philadelphia, we moved to Boston. Well, period. Just just lay it down. Lay it all down. Yeah, so we moved here from, we had a complicated background, history, living in Philadelphia, New Jersey. Dealt with, like, racism and all this stuff that happened. We eventually moved to Boston. And uh, what happened was my mom raised, was raising five kids by herself. You know, it wasn't easy. And we saw her struggles. And um, one day, she made sure that we stayed, we stayed productive as much as possible. But at the same time, sometimes we had to entertain ourselves. And one day, um, I, I started playing basketball. Soccer was my first love. Really? And basketball became another love because one day walking through this random alley, I met this one gentleman. He was a janitor. And he looked at me, he said, he said, hey, you. And I looked at him like, like, what can I do for you? And me being polite, you know, you know. Now, how old were you at this time? And I was like, I was like maybe like, a, like 11 or 12. And, um, but he was already in Boston for a period of time. So, but, but over, but we moved a few times from Dorchester and then moved to the South End. And this one janitor, um, cool brother, he, uh, he had a son, he had two sons and his wife, and he was like another father figure for me. And he saw me walk down, down his alley. He said, hey, do you know how to play basketball? You want to play bas- for a basketball team? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, sure. You got to talk to my mom first, because you know. <laughs> Yo, that, right, that, that's respect. Yo, yeah. you can't, you can't, I can't just jump on without my mom's permission. So um, he said, sure. So he said, just let me know. Let me know when a good time to meet your mom. So I, I told my mom about this guy, and I came back and rung his doorbell and gave it a time to meet my mom. And my mom put some rules down. Listen, for all y'all, let, we're going to address this later. His, his mother was the best, period, period. We're going to, come on, brother. Amazing woman, you know, yes. regardless yeah. of what, what she wasn't good at, she was, she was great as caring, loving people, you know what I'm saying? So what happened was he met my mom, and my mom told him certain things that she wanted for my life. And she wanted him to be, wanted me being like this a, a safe environment where I can enjoy myself and be a kid. And he was just really supportive, you know. And this is a janitor who took time out of his day to to like pull kids from the streets 
from various walks, different areas pulled together. But you, you know what's funny though? Like some people would look at that like to say like, oh, he's a janitor. He don't know what he's talking about or this and that, not really understanding his background. You know what I mean? Like, and that, to me, that sounds like a godsend if you gotta be honest. The thing is, so you know, so in my life, we were lacking father figures. So for me, I tell you, every, every coach, every person, man in, in leadership that helps a kid, you are seen as a father figure if you like it or not. You know? So... Well, he Especially did. when you take on other women's children. Exactly. You don't know because you don't know the history where they come from and what these kids are going through. A lot of kids deal with abandonment issues and um, a lot of mental health issues, which you know I, I definitely support people in, um, in getting the resources they need. But the biggest thing is my mom when she was talking to the gentleman. His name is his name was his name is Gilbert. Um, the guy just came in and and just showed. He was compassionate about helping kids. That sounds like a janitor name. Yo, yo, but yeah, but the thing is, the thing, but the thing is, I had to say that. I'm sorry, but there's comedy to this too. But it's all love at the end of the day. But yeah. Gilbert, shout out to you, man. Yeah. You know, hey, yo, he, he had a laugh that you couldn't like. Some people laugh at that in here. Yes, he has. He has a laugh that just gets your attention. But he he was one of the guys where. He didn't have basketball experience. The guy had had a history. His history was completely different from opposite from being a basketball coach. But the thing is, the thing is, he 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 had enough courage to be like, you know what? I may not be a, a be be a professional athlete or know the game, but I know enough to put have keep kids busy. He has integrity. And the thing is, we learned so much from this guy, um, just from like time management, being a team, resilience, um, being a man of your word, all these things. Like you don't understand that you learn from sports. And um, he changed my life to this day. And, and you know, I, I'll tell anybody, you have a coach or someone who changed your life at some point, make sure they know they changed your life before the, the time's up. Because I can't stand giving someone, someone their flowers when they're gone. It makes no sense to me. So he's one of, he was one of many guys who changed my life. Like, he was one of many men and women who changed my life in the area of basketball. And um, we started playing for this thing called the team was called the Pistons. We played for BNBL. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. And and eventually, I wasn't that good. I wasn't good at all. Believe me, I wasn't good. I mean, that's kind of hard to believe, you know, for somebody that played with him. <laughs> this man was nasty. They called him Baby Doctor J. Yeah, in college they called me Rodman. So, but um, I just didn't dominate. Hold on, those are the complete opposites. <laughs> but but that means something on a larger scale. Yeah, my thing is you do you do what the teams needed, what's needed, what the team needs you to do. But at the end of the day, what happened was uh, when I talked, like Gilbert just took me to a whole new level because I didn't know anything about the game. And then he he showed me drills, and I would spend days like you're a kid. I had nothing to do, so I spent hours. I'm talking about in the sun, hot sun, where I would do freeze bottles of water, like two two little liter bottles of like the soda bottles. I'll fill it with water and freeze it, and be outside doing drills. By the time I'm done, it's water, so I start drinking it. That's how I, that's how I determine how hard I was working. And other kids would see that, and then he started incorporating recruiting other kids who were just like hungry to play. And this is why I get a shout out to Les Brown because. I listen to his his motivational speaking now. Speaking now, well, Les Brown is major, amazing. And when I think about my childhood, a lot of that stuff, I wish I, I heard him during my childhood, but I hear him as an adult, and it applies. So myself and other guys at Gilbert, the, the, the gentleman who's a janitor who brought these other guys through, they were hungry too. And the thing is, basketball helps create a part of your identity. It actually does. It does. So my thing is, but why I learned as I got, but why I learned as a as a group to be a man is that you're a man. But you have all these components to you. 
So you have a basketball player, like I dance, I'm an artist, I sing. So it's all these things that add to you. You're multi-talented. Exactly. But the thing is, your gifts open doors for you. So I'll tell anybody, no matter how few gifts you have or if you have a lot, ex- explore the possibilities. Because if I didn't explore the possibility of playing basketball, y'all wouldn't, most, most people never met me. You're absolutely right. Because remember what you just said. You said your first love was soccer. So just imagine if you kept just the soccer alone. Yeah. We wouldn't have known you for basketball. So my question to you, my next question to you is, is you know, uh, what made you want to, you know, really take basketball to the next level? I think like most athletes who come from like poverty and everything else, who come from a hard beginning, um, <clears throat> they see people play on TV who look like them, who make a lot of money and making life better for their family. So I thought it was one of the ways I can change my family's direction if I became one of the top players, you know, like most people. You know, most most people in the inner city who, who has some type of ability. And bro, you you were nasty. Like you were sick with it, bro. But I appreciate that. But the thing is, I grew into it. That's what people understand. Like I think you find people have a talent, but I, my talent didn't show right away. I was garbage. I'll be honest. But my my determination to to learn something yeah. and my resilience made it to the point where I'm at the park six o'clock six, six, six o'clock in the morning. I'm at the park at what what. 12 midnight 1 o'clock and what people understand like people talk I'm, 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 talk, I'm gonna be honest about something like oh no please be honest people talk, people talk back like listen I know you know selling drugs is not the thing to do but in the inner city some of the local drug dealers was my was my biggest supporters when there's I, nothing wrong with that I say that people see them as bad people a lot more uh, they're, they're trying to make a living for themselves and I understand it's harsh and it's complicated but when he saw a kid who was 12 13 years old in a park doing dribbling drills at Peter's Park lights off completely dark this one cat never won't mention his name um, I'm in the dark and I'm, I couldn't see nothing my eyes was just in doing drills shooting how I knew I made the shot I heard the net go um, Pew didn't like like kids being out there that late, and I was so late. And a dude drove up with some of his friends. He said, he said, he said, because back then they didn't call me Q, they called me Key. Yeah. He's like, Key, is that you? I'm like, No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, they say, yeah. Yo, is that you? I'm like, Yeah. He said, Man, he said, How long you been out here? I said, Five hours. He said, Five hours. In the dark. In the dark. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like going in, gradually into the dark. He's like, He's this what I'm gonna do. He said, I'm going to have one of my guys stay here with you. He turned on his car lights, okay? He said, stay here as long as you need to. No one's going to bother you. He said, but when you're ready to go home, you let my guy know you're not going to get in the car. He's going to make sure you get home safely and go. That's one of many, many moments in my life that really made me feel like, you know what? I said, when, you, when people see how hard and passionate you are and, and how resilient you are, I don't care what, what what walk of life they come from, they want to support you. You know, it, it's pick up what he's putting down, you guys, because at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, your passion, your dedication, and what you believe in. And when you got the right people around you, just keep in mind that, you know, God will put people, the right people around you without you even knowing, at least at that point in time. But long story short, man, this dude... Please, please elaborate more on that. I'll say this: anybody can increase you. Anybody can increase you if you want to increase yourself. And when I when I say that, it's like if you have a gift of talent and you're willing to push forward and and 
develop that skill, people recognize hard work. People are attracted to hard work. Now, you're going to have people who are attracted to hard work for different reasons. They may see your potential to most likely use you, support you, or they be, or they're just a spectator to get the, um, I, I say the, uh, I call it, uh, I'll say it, the, the echo of your success. Because some people don't want to contribute to your success. They want to just benefit from it. You know? Be there to celebrate. Yeah, so my thing is, regardless if you don't know, even when, even when you're playing basketball, what I realized that made me, what made me different is that everyone had, had their, their, their uniqueness about it. And whatever you're willing to do, if you're not willing to explore the possibility or the creativity of the possibilities, you, you can't, you, you won't be able to stand out because it's not about fitting in all the time. No, it's not. You may fit in, you may fit in, in the beginning to learn the basic foundation, but then once you get the foundation, it's your job to create something different. Like I tell people, like, I, like when, I teach, when I teach dance classes, for example, if I teach you a dance move, your job as someone I'm teaching the dance move to is to embrace the, the dance move I'm teaching you and then to make it yours. Now, you can tell that it comes from me because how I dance, but it's supposed to be, you're supposed to conform and make it yours. Of course, right, put your own twist to it. That's, that, I think a lot of people, in, we, we live in society now when people don't do that, they just take what people have and duplicate it and not make it theirs. Well, that's been going on for years though. Yeah. But remember, the ones who do succeed are the ones who are original, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you, you said it, you know? And I'm glad you said that because that brings me to my next question with you, you know, like, now you're playing ball, you know, you're doing your thing, you know, you went from high school, you know, to college to where now, you know, you're playing pro, you know, at the same time, you still were able to hold your inner self, your inner being, who you are, you know what I mean? Like, how are you able to do that? My thing is, when, when, you're, when you're competing in a, sport, in a sport, it's about, you understand, it's about dominance. It's about your will being more dominant than someone else's will. You have to be in tune yourself. And and you may not have to, you may not know who you are completely, but you know you need to have a basic foundation of yourself, you know. Because not, I think I think anyone could talk trash to you and you, and you get off centered. Because let's let's be honest, if I can get get in your head talking trash as far as basketball, and I get to you, you're done. Everything else in life, yeah, like like you said, yeah. No matter how talented you are, no matter how much how in shape you are, if I can get into your head, that means you don't know yourself. So now, now that you said that, let's go back to you know. Um, first off, I want you know everybody to know you know as far as like the schools you went to, you know how it was. You know your first stop, you know was George Mason. You know how was that? You know being at George Mason, you guys made the big dance and all that good stuff. That was that's a that was a complicated moment in my life, man. Because you understand, like, uh, there's so many, so many things led to that moment where um, I was excited because I was looking at, I think, C. Hall was looking at me, Syracuse, uh, Indiana, a few big schools, you know? And then, but I signed to George Mason. What made you sign to George Mason? So my thing, so my thing is, I had a, because UCLA was looking at me, and the thing is, I knew some of the players there. And the thing is, when you're playing, at that next level they have local talent and then you're the talent coming in and my thing is you have to re you understand the local talent might get more love than you because they're local they have a name for themselves so you're, that's, that's, that's a fight that you have to see if you want to if, if that's a battle you can win now do you think that's because of Ed O'Bannon <laughs> well don't do that do that shout out to the O'Bannon brothers but <laughs> no 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 so so I forgot who was there during that time he was, he was like a 2-3 mm -hmm. 
And like I said, when I played with there, we played at Canada, and he was one of the players there. And I'm like, yo, they had they had two big players going over there. I'm like, you know what? We're gonna be fighting for the same position. And he he's from there, so it makes no sense for me to compete for that. And then George Mason made such a big big um, spectacle of me coming there, and the coach made me feel. Regardless of where you went afterwards, but the coach made me feel like, okay, this is a team environment. Because my thing is, at the end of the day, family always resonated with me. And my thing is, but why? It's learned, still that way to this day. Of course. Yeah. But my thing is, but the, the biggest thing I learned is like, okay, when people say they're family, the question is, what kind of family do they have? I tell any kid that if you try and find a team to play for, well, how do you define family and how do they, how do they reflect it? Um, and regards to how I felt about George Mason and the coach and everything else, um, a lot of players supported me in so many ways where I felt I wasn't felt I wasn't dealt fairly. <clears throat> but um, regards how I felt about the coach and the coaching staff, they they ran a, a, a sound program. They, it was about organization, time management, um, and they're very consistent. So regards how if I if I didn't enjoy or didn't like them, it, don't, it doesn't matter. I learned a lot about structure you know which carried over into my life now being a coach and training myself so but um George Mason was a it was a big challenge because I first year made NCAA tournament and I like yeah the, man that yo that game was crazy it was I was excited because my thing is for me you you was playing in front of the home crowd yeah I was in Boston and yeah. the, the hardest part for me was is that people understand what people understand about athletes what they go through there could be awkward relationships with coaches and players and so forth, and it impacts the game. Um, you could be the most dominant player on a team or do well in practice, but the coach has the ability to, to have you miss opportunities. And during that time, I was, me and the coach wasn't getting, getting along too well, for whatever reason that was. I'm not going to that. And it, I didn't think he was going to play me during the NCAA tournament, so I stopped practicing. Oh, nah, you got burned, bro. Yeah, but because the, the whole world saw you play, because because I was back home, it only made sense. Right. But right. if you, if, yeah, but come on, I mean, think about it. Even though you're back home, let, let, let's just let's just put it out there on Front Street. Even though you're from here, right? And you, it just so happens the NCAA tournament, the big dance, happens to be in your hometown. They ain't got nothing to do with nothing. That coach would be like, hey, listen, man, <laughs> I know you from here and you'll get all the highlights as far as you off the court. But for some odd reason, however, you guys, I'm, I'm speaking from the outside looking in now. Yeah. It was a whole thing like it was a say, damn, Q's out there. Q's getting it. Yeah. He's getting burned. You feel me? Like it changes the dynamics at that point. I thought I thought I wasn't going to play with the, with the interaction. I have the coach for previous tournaments I think it was in a tournament in I think it was in D.C. and how he handled things he didn't play me at all so I assumed that when NCAA tournament came he was gonna cause don't get me wrong he's a good he, he knows the game but at the same time he, he, he has a stubbornness about him you know and we had a little bit of a conflict in some ways because I, was, I wasn't a yes I, was, I wasn't a yes man you know, I raised, my mom raised me to have a backbone and question things. I don't think the coach liked that too much. But I never, I was never dis disrespectful. And I tell anyone, when you're looking for a coach, and like I said, I'm not talking bad about the coach of George Mason, I'm just saying in general. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for a coach, make sure the coach is not stubborn and stuck in his ways. Because there's times where I had to go beyond myself. I felt like it wasn't me. I had players come to me saying, Q. I had players came to me like, Coach, you're Q. I don't know what it is, man. You got to transfer because this coach is not like, 
Yo, you need you need playing be playing Atlantic Ten. This one, yo, I'm la- I'm laughing, but they got he's telling his story, yo, but it reminds me of my high school coach. I, I ain't gonna put, y'all know. Hey, I ain't gonna put him on blast, but much respect to him. But oh my god, but what you were feel, what you were feeling? That's how I felt. You know the story, but anyways, yeah. So I I could totally relate. Yeah, but. My, my thing is it was tough because for me my teammates knew how hard I worked and we had this thing called the, the green team that was the backup team and we would dump and coach Derek Kellogg big shout out to coach Derek Kellogg man he was a great assistant coach um, he kept guys motivated he competed against us you guys still keep in touch I haven't stayed in touch with him while last time I checked he was coaching at UMass and then he, he was coaching at Memphis um, um, great guy great coach I'm talking about if he's one of the guys who who loved underdogs, you know, and and once when he talked to you, he didn't bullshit you. He was straightforward, and that's why I appreciate. And but when I was going through a George Mason, wait a minute, you just swore. So now, no holds barred. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You know, I'm saying it's, it's uh, okay. I feel pretty. <laughs> Say that again. No, yo, we're not doing that. No, we're keeping this footage. No, nah. yeah. nah, but but I think what people understand is Dime magazine. The thing that happens like with sports, you don't see behind, but what goes behind the closed doors and practice and everything else. Um, and I went through a lot of stuff. I went through a, a, a moment that was kind of like it was intense for me with one coach. And it was like it felt like it was a racial. It felt me going through so much racism as a young kid. Um, where the coach tried to make me feel dumb. Now, even though that may not have been his intentions, but it's to the point where me being a freshman, he, he, did, he did his graph in front of me. And like I said, I'm sure he's a good guy. You know what I'm saying? But I think his approach was, wasn't, wasn't on point. Does he still coach? Um, I'm sure he is. I would never say his name because I, do, I want people to do well. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone has make mistakes and some people just aren't aware. It's better you don't grow in certain environments. You don't have Wait a minute. That's, that might be kind of hard now. And the reasons why is because you already mentioned that, you know, the school. <laughs> okay. It's okay. But there's okay, more agree. than one coach. So, I didn't say All right. Makes I sense. Say, I didn't say head coach and coach, you know. Makes sense. Makes sense. But Shout out to George Mason. All, all of them. Definitely. You know? Definitely. And in regards of the coaching staff, like, when you met with them, they had good qualities about them, but everybody has flaws about them, you know? And then you, they get paid to win, let's be honest. So, in the, the day, it's, it's a business. So, one thing about being a college athlete, either you end up loving it more or hating it. And at the end of my basketball career, um, I didn't want to play for like another two, three years. And then got back into it playing semi-pro because my little brother, you know, who's, who's disabled. And I was pushing around in a wheelchair and this one guy's like, you. You still play ball? I said, bro, my ball, my jersey was in the back of my closet, covered up. I didn't touch a ball for almost three years. And the only reason I got back into it because I had my little brother pushing him in his wheelchair. Um, and a guy saw me, and my little brother was excited. When I said basketball, he looked at me. And I was taking care of my little brother for a period of time. You know, I left school because I got tired of my mom and them struggling, so I just left school. And and then during my during this guy had a basketball a, a basketball basketball league you get a chance to play in Europe or be seen by teams in Europe or the, or the NBDL and I played and my little brother was there and he was excited every time I played my little brother in the wheelchair I had someone watch him he would hop and hop on the court you know what I'm saying so 
I, that's how I knew my little brother loved watching me play, and that got I got my love came back not because man, y'all was at the hip, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I took care of him, you know, and everything else. And uh, sure did. Yeah. And and seeing him enjoy watching me play just made re, re, like just yeah. built a fire again. And then next thing you know, I had an opportunity to pl- try out for the. Um, it was a coach who worked for the Portland Trailblazers, but it was a, a D League in Huntsville, Alabama. It's called the Huntsville Flight. That was my first opportunity where I got back into considering playing um, professionally again. So my thing is, I'll tell anybody this here, regardless of what you're going, going through, be aware of your surroundings. Of course. Now that now now you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Because cause the people in your life will, was like, honestly, I believe people or in your life to, to put you in the direction where you're going or help you recognize where you're supposed to, get, supposed to be. Because my little brother, he wasn't there with me. I wouldn't have picked up a basketball. I didn't care about basketball no more. I didn't love it no more. And to see my little brother happy, seeing me play, made me want to pick a basketball. Pick a basketball. Then the love came back. So my thing is, someone else could come into your life and bring a love, to reignite a love in your life that you never had or you, or you, you thought you lost. And... Um, and from there, I just went on, kept on playing, kept on playing, competing, man. You know? And one one thing I love that, you know, because again, you know, you go from college, you go to playing in the pros, you go, you know, you're just, you're just laying it down. You're, you're, you're killing people out there. You're doing your thing out there, right? And you've always had this entrepreneurial mind about you. Like your, your, your visual was always your outlook. It was always like you had like, tunnel vision you know what I mean like what made you want to get into you know uh, doing just entrepreneurship period and then the whole thing you got going on now you know but what made you want to like take the entrepreneurship that way of thinking and like really prosper at it because remember you had the basketball clinics and all that well I saw people who who benefited from me more than I benefited from myself um, I saw I saw owners of teams how they carried themselves I'm like that's I said that's some I feel that position I need to have, um, and I saw people who didn't care about other other people they impacted they just want to make their money, and I didn't want to fall in that category. So, and then me being so gifted, one thing I tell people if you're a creative soul, you, there's always a place for you to make money. There's always a place you live without being in the structure or being working for a corporation. Mm-hmm. Now, you find a corporation that respects you, honor you, and everything else. That's great. But like we said something earlier, you know. What, the corporate pimping? That part? <laughs> corporate pimping. If they don't respect you, it's called corporate pimping. I'll, I'll say this, and we said this before. We said this recently. Mm-hmm. People look out for their people. And sometimes you understand, in the corporate, in the corporate field, you're not their people. Of course. No, you're not. So they're not looking out for you. So my thing is create your own tribe, your own unit to make things happen for you because there's enough resources out there to make it happen, but you got to find the right people who's not going to waste your time and waste their time. I agree. And share a common vision. And and for me, I'm sorry, like I realize, especially being in the mental health field, working and working for people so long, you're you're always going to be underpaid and undervalued. Oh, yeah. Don't forget and overworked yes and overworked especially being black or being brown or being all of that and it's the truth you know hey we can't hide the truth you know but regardless of the fact moving forward you know uh you know now that you are in you know you're you're an entrepreneur but you're also still dealing with corporate america you know what i mean like how how are you able to 
decipher the two while at the same time keeping the two separate? Yes. Well, I, I, I stepped away from corporate. I was working. I worked in mental health mental health care over a decade. So I did various things as far as being a residential residential counselor, a resi, uh, what assistant director at a residential home for young boys, uh, a reentry director. Um, from men, men trans, transitioning from prison back into society. So I did so many jobs and I work hard for all these companies and I realized that they'll boast about how much money they made this year and this and that, but it doesn't support me or the staff. And I got tired of that. So for me, I said, let me do something that's going to bring me money and create myself a unit of people who are appreciated who want to help, who, who's passionate about what they do and paying well for what they do. Yes. Generously. But that's what it is. So, but the thing is, once again, you have to understand that in, I'm sure there might be some nice corporations, but in the mental health field, across the board, it's consistent how people are treated. And me being positioned in leadership to be that middle, that, that middle ground it was complicated because you saw you saw where the, the the where the corporation wanted to go. Well, can I can I ask you a question? Like, what you what you just said? Like, it it brought me as I'm listening to you talk about the corporate, right? It brought me back to when you were in college, and you mentioned going to UCLA, and they're gonna pick the locals. Oh yeah. Does you you see the bridge with with you know playing? Or visiting UCLA versus now you're dealing with corporate America, like it 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 ties in. It ties in. What's the correlation? I think I gotta say this. Okay, I won't, I won't have a Gandhi moment and stuff here and stuff. I think you know it. No, yeah. So let me stop. So now, nah, um, my thing is when you start when when you. St- my thing is people in a, in a in a corrupt or broken program that strives off that thrives off of uh, mishandling people. The people who succeed the most are the ones who support the corruption. That's so, deep. That is deep. That's that's that. So when you deal with people who will be who will be elevated because they support support the corruption, it never the people who. Who put, who get paid less? Who put the most time in will never be appreciated, valued. And the thing is, they have to work two, three jobs just to stay afloat. And if you're in the business of caring for people, supporting people, how can you underpay your staff? That's my biggest thing. Corporate pimping. Yeah. So so you can tell me you work you work you you work with kids who deal with mental health issues or whatever, and you make you brag about making five, six, six, seven million dollars. And you, you tell the whole staff that, but how to support them? It was one organization I work for. Excuse me, I'm sorry about that one. And this is the only organization I ever met in my life that helped, that helped. That truly helped. I mean, they helped their staff buy a house. Do you want to shop them out? I'm not going to do it to them because I, I talked to, I don't want to put them out like that because it was such a beautiful act. Oh, I get it. Act, and it was to the point where they supported their staff to a point where, okay, we understand they gave because their staff gave so much to them. They helped them buy their first house. Mm. 
They gave him an advance of ten thousand dollars. To go towards their first house. Hey, I wish I wish Q would say the name because I need. Yeah, yeah listen. Yeah, I understand y'all want to say names, but I'm not gonna because out of respect how we the conversation we have, I'm yeah, big on I'm yeah, big yeah. off respect. No, 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 so no. my thing is for me that so when I run, so as I grow, I still gotta pull your car because our, our view our viewers and listeners they 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 they're acquiring minds. They want to know. Well, well, well. I love this interview. This is the best interview that we've had. Listen, you sure you don't want to say it? <laughs> Yo, that's the team back there. <laughs> right? Don't we all want to know, guys? No. That's the, that's the hero support right there. Hero support. No, 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 no. You know, you know what? No, all, all jokes aside, we gotta, yo, we gotta respect it. If you don't want to call the names out, it's cool, but that'll help. <laughs> hey, hey, so who, who is it? Uh, 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 Mr. 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 Jefferson, uh, no. No. him and his wife. One thing. Shout out to them. <laughs> yo, uh, we ain't telling. Yeah, we're not gonna tell. Like end of the day, they knew who they are, and it, and they did it out of the kindness of heart that matters the most. Yeah. I think this is one thing I tell. Hold on, can we get that home one more time for them? <laughs> Thank y'all for looking out for my boy, our boy, whoever, whoever your name is. We're just going to call y'all John Doe and John Dane. Oh, how's it going? <laughs> hey, one more time, one more time, one more time. It's for you, bro. <laughs> shout out to them. Shout out. Whatever your name is, yo, shout out. But man. <laughs> Nah, but we got We had to show love. Hey, everybody we interviewed, they gotta get love. You know, <laughs> get back to them though. Shout out to y'all though. Shout out to y'all. I forgot what I want to say now. Talking about uh, the the ones that bought the house. Yeah. So my thing is, this, this. So I believe in acts of, random acts of kindness. Of course. But my thing is, and, and that's what this is. And that's what I tell. But like, I do a lot of volunteer work. You'll never know because I don't want to take pictures and embarrass the people I'm supporting. It's like, if I, if I know someone who needed money, why am I gonna boast about helping you? Because I'm embarrassing you. I'm honoring you by protecting your, your dignity by helping you. And a lot of people don't understand, everybody wants that instant um, gratification. And I think we miss out on a lot of that. And listen, I'm not perfect, I'm not, a, I'm not the, I can't say I'm a good guy, that's for people to determine. And like I said before, as, as kind of a person I, try, I strive to be, I'm always gonna be someone's monster. Cause even pretty much, so you can people can need your help, and you try to genuinely try to help them, and they don't want it, and they see you as a problem. And then the day you gotta be comfortable being a monster to people, you know. That's the part that hurts. And and but but that's one thing I learned about my whole life about playing sports. That's why I do everything I do. That's why I write my books. That's why I try to encourage people. Listen, that's why I say good morning to people when I walk past them. But guess what? Good morning is like a hug yes. without a hug. Yeah. It's a verbal hug. Yeah, but thing is. I know a lot, people are going to do so much things now, especially since the pan, pandemic, is where in, in broken families, broken homes, and the structures that we live in is support broken families, broken homes. It's designed that way. It, it is. So in the, the day, it's like if you don't, you need to show love to one another. I don't care if you're not sure if the person's going to accept it or not, give them the opportunity to say no, you know? Um, and that's where I just where I stand with that, you know? So now, you know, 
you're doing the entrepreneurial thing, you're getting it in, you're turning a lot of interest, you know, you're, you're making them, you know, all these people, you know, love you, respect you and all of that great stuff, even though you've went through, you know, certain things as well, you know, um, my next question to you is, is, you know, um, you being an entrepreneur that you are, you know, uh, what made you want to get into, you know, children's books because you have your children's line of books, you know, what made you want to be an author? Well, when I play um, pro ball, especially in Canada, I used to go to I when I play pro period, I go to libraries. And one thing I noticed when I was in a children's section, um, regardless of the language, the image told the stories. I agree. So when I was in Canada at one point they saw this tall guy walk in at these small little tables, a kid table. I would sit there literally by I would grab seven books and start reading or just learn like Quebecois. And these kids would come help me, you know? <clears throat> and um, it kind of motivated me because I, I come from a storytelling family. And telling stories is one of the things, like, it's nothing better than a good story. And then I just, Wait, so you be the only six, 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 seven dude sitting at a kid's table? Yo, that, yeah, no, no, no. That's dope, though. That's too many sixes. So he's a six, 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 seven. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I said, well, I don't. I, so I don't mean that in the. I mean, you're tall as. You're mad tall. Like, there's still too many sixes, though. I'm saying. So, but my thing is, I enjoy telling stories and I understand how important stories are, especially, especially with my, my youngest son. Him being five, he loves stories. And it just motivated me. And, and what, what's a better way to leave a legacy of, of like stories that your kids' kids and other kids can enjoy? You know. So um, my first book is called Martians, Trees, and One Two Threes. It's, it's a simple, simple book that teaches, teaches kids how to count from one to ten. Um, now, what made you want to like uh, come up with that? Because it, it's, it's actually a teaching point as well. Actually, my first book, my first few books was I'm not gonna t I can't tell the title because they're not copyrighted yet. But I, I actually had four of the titles before that, and I said, let me do something that's fun and repetitive. Because when I hear to like if you listen to music or certain rap lyr lyrics, what's catchy is anything anything that sounds like a lullaby. Yeah, is catchy. Yeah. So Martians, Trees, and One to Threes is a simple is a simple story, but you can turn it to a song as well. It's funny because even when you say that title is catchy, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So we 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 have a series, we have about almost thirty different titles for Mar for the Martians, um, but at the end of the day, the Martians, Trees, and One to Threes is one of thirty books that helps that will eventually help kids understand how to regulate their emotions and feelings. So they'll be able to identify colors with feelings. Um, or certain certain degrees of thought. So, so you're helping their mental growth. Yeah. My books, even though my books seem very simple and friendly, once you understand the meaning of it, you'll have more of a, a desire to read to your kids because it'll, it can open up a healthy, healthy uh, dialogue between you and your kids. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people, a lot of parents these days are not doing it. Now, I'm not going to say it's because they don't want to, but... Right. I don't know. Right. Or, or, or maybe they do, but maybe it's their work schedule or something they're dealing with. I mean, you know, what's your thoughts on that? I think a lot of parenting is you're not taught how to be a parent. A lot of parents are, are you just thrown into fire. Yeah. And I'm fortunate where I was raised out of trauma and pain, but then working in the mental health field. I see things from a different perspective. I understand where everyone comes from. Not saying that I agree with, they, with their thoughts or how they do things, but I understand where they come from. And so you want to create stories that open um, 
certain certain conversations or a comfort or just connection period because what parents some parents lack connection because some some parents don't know how to be intimate when I say intimate I'm talking about like be close to their kids because they never experienced it so there's, there's, it was always slave ass whoopings yeah but yeah, there was parents who there's some parents who don't hug their kids because they never receive hugs and hugs are awkward but you know hugs are mandatory yeah. like yeah. you need a certain amount of hugs a day just to thrive because it brings a certain peace in you and um we said, but but I wrote my children's book because I understand story words impact frequencies. Right. Words are sound, just like your name. Your name's a sound, which is a frequency. Right. Right. So when when anybody read my story, I hope that when they read the story to the kids, that when they impart it into the kids, that it, it, it increase their life in some way. You know, of course, Positively, of course, of course. So you know what you have in the book. Well, the line of books, uh, you being able to continue to project your message, especially to the kids, you're opening up their, they're expanding their minds, their, their level of thinking, you know, um, what type of gratitude do you think that that has for you knowing that they're being able to feed off and learn from you, you being in the position that you are, you know, being able to not only help people but help kids you know and things of that nature because you know you have a reputation of really helping the community and especially the youth you know like so and with you being able to now put it in the form of stories for the kids to be able to pick up and to learn you know how are you able to do that well let me say first helping the community i never do i never did it to a point where to be seen so now, when I do my children's books, now I'm being seen, so it's, it's a little more different for me. Um, because I would never, the help, I feel like, the help I offer people is never to be forced upon people. But at the same time, it's not to be boasted in front of, like, I help this person, that person. So my children's books are a little different because now it's like, you have people saying, you know, my kids love your stories. Like, especially you have kids who are like two, three years old who can't say Marston's Trees and one, two, threes. I have kids saying Marston's Cheese and one, two, threes. You know what I'm saying? But the point is, the point is they're excited to, to tell these stories. They're excited to even mention the name, your your book's name, so, their title. So, and like the songs and everything else and which I'll be posting more on my YouTube channel, um, like, Kids actually love the stories, and that's what it's meant to be. And it's, it's meant to be repetitive, so kids can now, now, now you mentioned, uh, you know, your YouTube channel. Yeah. You know, uh, where can they find you? So, so Papa Quill Stories is P A P A Q U I L. Can you, can they see your shirt? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, you can see that. What's the belly? Oh, please do. You know, they 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 definitely need to see the shirt. Uh, can you turn around just a little bit further so they can see it? Yeah. So Papa Quill Stories, you can't miss the logo. Um, pretty much, we're on Instagram, um, LinkedIn. Um, TikTok and our YouTube channels as well as Papa Cool Stories, no no space, and we do affirmation for ch- for children. Have, well, we're gonna have it right there, anyways. Okay, we do affirmation for children as well, um, um, story storybook reading times, and as well as anything that can be motivational for any kid and parent. Because at the end of the day, the bond between parent and child is extremely important. So, question. So, you're saying that you do actually like online? You do storytelling online? So, I actually, I'm actually starting to post more of my stories online because uh, my my five year old son loves telling the stories. So, the range we have with my, with my youngest son that he tells one story with me. He tells one story, and I tell two stories. Um, his stories are pretty short, but I use them. 
you know that's deep man but the thing is my affirmation if you, if you go to Papa Cool Stories um, on YouTube um, my son has two affirmations that he repeats with me there's one called um, um, well, I am is one and the other one is uh, be the best you is another affirmation and I listen to I ain't gonna lie I listen to it every morning because these are moments I make with my son and my thing is the goal is to make make this a legacy for, for both of my boys. It's not really about me. Um, and when I'm when when my time's up here and my boys and I'm gone, I won't have something that my boys and, and their kids' kids could like say, you know, this is my granddad, this is your father, this is my father, who want to impart, you know, share some wisdom or some kind words or whatever into their lives. And um, and it's a one one way to make sure that you know, the thing you want to do, the help you want to provide. It's never lost or gone. Well, see, all you guys out there, y'all better understand. Y'all need to understand something. Take a look at this logo right here. This logo is serious. Now, mind you, this is him. This is Q, okay? Make sure that y'all continue to read to your kids. Take a moment. Take a minute. You know, even if it's just a quick minute, you know, read to your kids and make sure that y'all get his book because that's what matters. That's what matters. You know, and uh, can you please let, you know, our readers and viewers know, you know, uh, your website and everything like that? Oh, so so we have uh, our books available on Amazon as well. So if you go under my name, you go, you could put Quinninius Randall is Q-U-I-L-N-I-N-I-O-U-S last name Randall R-A-N-D-A-L-L and my books will come up so we have Martians Trees and One Two Threes and I I Like Cake and we have another four books that will be available in the next within the next what 30 days as well so that's one of the best ways because most people feel comfortable purchase from Amazon so why not you know well you know what's crazy the beautiful thing is is and I'm sure all you guys know too we are in the season of giving and when I say that I don't mean just buying or anything of that I'm talking giving your kids something so yes you have the toys you have the this you have the that make sure you give them this give them that Papa Quill that's what it's about Real talk, man. And, um, you know, my last question to you is, is you know, uh, where do you see yourself in two to five years continuing to educate these kids through your line of books? So my thing, it goes beyond my books. My books is a, is a starting point to do storytelling sessions, workshop, art therapy, music therapy, so forth. But also um, to continue being a therapeutic mentor. Um, to do sports fitness program to teach life skills through sports and sports training because you definitely do sports training yeah like ex-pro athletes so for me I believe that all your skills will open doors for you if you allow them to and everything is meant to help people if your focus is to empower and inform so that's you're definitely about that yeah so for me it's like I see my six what three to five years even beyond that those areas I want to be and eventually once that picks up which it will pick pick up I want to start investing more into like programs that really help kids on a, a basic level as far as being more productive citizens like I feel like kids should understand you have a lot of kids who understand how to don't understand how to do the taxes there's certain things that we should our kids should know how to learn should, should know excuse me and I feel like we're failing our kids not preparing for life because the things we've been through and the things we experience our kids kids are going to experience something completely different because things have changed so much where you know we they have they have robots and AI, AI and everything else so now it's a point where 
are we preparing the kids, our kids, for what we experience or what they're about to experience? And that's what—that's the big difference I've been that, thinking about. That's deep. You just said that. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you, you know, you were definitely in tune, especially not only into entrepreneurship, but also into the youth, because it's people like you that help to honestly make the world a better place. You know what I mean? Like, let's keep it 2,023 percent. Like what you just what you do is touching a lot of people's lives. Like, doesn't it make you feel good when you see people that, you know, was in your camps that read your books and and they you know you see them years later and they're like oh cute you know like how does that make you feel you know what makes me happy it's seeing um random acts of kindness and consideration towards, towards other people like, i don't care if it's holding the door for somebody saying good morning saying so you know you look great today or i hope you have a great it's the small things that make sense that that really helps out because the reality is Everyone's going through something. Some people hide it more than others. And some people are moments away, like a few moments away of like ending their existence. So the last thing I want to be is a person that pushes you to end your life because of a neg- negative experience. So if I can add some type of positive experience in your life to make you feel better and understand your worth fighting for or worth um, living to see another day. I want to encourage you because in the day, like I'll be honest with you, sometimes the person that you admire today, they didn't feel that way a few a few weeks, a few months ago. That makes sense that you said that. Yeah, and it could they could they, at any moment, you could be the greatest thing in the world or the worst thing in the world to somebody. And I say this because the person you admire today, they could have been down and discouraged months ago and almost didn't make it, and almost you know almost thought about some thoughts that weren't productive that were in their existence but they connected with their gifts talents and ability or connected with the right person that kind of made them more aware and they didn't do it so my thing is to those people who consider themselves decent and good hearted people I know the world's crazy out here right now people it's hard to have a heart and show it but I encourage you to be brave and show your heart because people don't know that some people feel like good people don't exist right. and they're all around you but the thing is society the way society is and the way people yeah. take advantage of good people they hide themselves and that's very true if you're if good people are needed it's more now than any time before so take that chance you said it man you know Y'all better understand who this man is, man. This is Q Randall. Understand it, man. Woo! <laughs> Go check him out. Once again, please let everybody know where they can find you one last time, man. So, you know, do, make it do what it do. Yeah, Pop Cool Stories on TikTok, um, uh, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, LinkedIn. And once again, you'll find me on Amazon. Just look under my name, Quinningus Randall. That's you can find me uh, And Pablo Quill's story Is not hard to find P-A-P-A-Q-I-L S-T-O-R-I-E-S Pablo Quill's stories There you go And that's what it is man Dime Magazine That's what we about man It's about the kids Wu-Tanging The kids Understand it Dime Magazine man We're hanging with your boy Our family Our brother Q Randall Check him out it's already been said. Now it's time for y'all to get it done. Go check his website out. Go check his social media out. Y'all continue to do what y'all do and represent and show love to this man. Why? Because your kids are involved. Dime Magazine, we out of here, baby. Peace.